Hello everyone, so I don't know whether there will still be about 200 followers but I was looking, you know, at the end of every Insta Live video, right? Uh, so there's a, they will tell you how many people in in total viewed and it was about 700 plus. I think it's more than most of my episodes so far. So it's quite crazy. So uh, I'm quite sure Megan has a large following. Uh, so, oh, okay. So there's still a lot of people joining. So... Uh, Haikal, isn't this a bit too late for you as a father to three children? Uh, anyway. They need to get the inside I'm... scoop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, so feel free to type in your questions. And I think, yeah, that was that was fun. I didn't even feel like it was uh, one Same. hour, you know, just now. Yeah, so... Uh... I'm getting lots of comments from, from friends who like know you as my prof saying that you're a lot more like fun and approachable than, than they thought you would have been. Oh okay. <laughs> this is how. This is why I enjoy I school know when, so much. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a good thing or bad thing, but yeah. So I think, I think it's a good thing. Maybe they maybe they feel like their profs are like very unapproachable, but you're such a breath of fresh air. Okay, <laughs> saying all the right things. I want to say flattery would get you nowhere, but I mean it got you this session. So. <laughs> it got me here. <laughs> but anyway, so let's let's deal. So uh, what what are your own thoughts, uh, Megan? So. When you when you see the if I were to ask you right between the three front oh by the way we haven't mentioned Desmond Lee at all right so because I never thought that he was one of the front runners but it seems like the newspapers think he's a front runner so who knows what will happen in four to five years right but at the moment I don't see him as a front runner but let's say if I were to ask you between the current cabinet who would you choose who would I choose yeah who would you choose personally Megan Chia who would you choose. Hmm. I think I would choose between Lawrence Wong or Ong Ye Kang, even though he's not technically like a front runner, like you know. Right, but right, th right. Those those would be the two ministers that I'm more inclined because? to. Because, um, hmm. I I would say that I feel that they are able to reach um a wide range of demographics more, and especially you know I'm thinking about about um people who are around my age. Who may not necessarily? I think a lot of my age don't really think that well of, of Chan Chun Sing. Oh, and and he. I, he I hope he watches this. <laughs> no, he, honestly, he, honestly, because I think that's important feedback for him, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't seem approachable like at all, and he is not accessible. Like I, I he doesn't appear any... accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't appear accessible. Like I don't really know much about him. Like besides his like little like scandals, you know. What scandal? Where... It's not scandal. <laughs> <laughs> Than, uh, like, public relations we... mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. scandal is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah scandal. Yeah, sounds so scandalous, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So I think, I think all the more, right? I mean, anybody who knows uh, Minister Chan or who's working with him, all the more, you know, he should come on this show, you know, uh, and have a chat, and you know, maybe we can, uh, we can. Uh, help him with his image right <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, because i really think i really think is the uh there, there is an image problem for sure even from someone who actually likes him uh, mm -hmm. i think there is there is an image issue for sure yeah <laughs> so uh, there was a question should the pm be elected uh, instead of selected well that's not our system that's a presidential system and that system ours is the parliamentary system and that system has its flaws. It has its uh, strengths as well. So the the strength of this of that system, presidential system, you choose the head of government. Voters directly can elect the head of government. The the flaw of that system is uh, if you have a very very charismatic individual, it can bypass parties. It may be a good thing or may be a bad thing. If you have a populist like Donald Trump, for instance. Uh, of President Duterte, right? And you have uh, some some as well uh, in South America. It's easier for them to get elected through the presidential system than the parliamentary system. Not that they cannot get elected through the parliamentary system, but it's easier through the presidential system. Yeah, okay, so... Somebody asked, yeah. what do you think Chan Chun Singh can or should or will do in MOE to improve his image? Yeah, I think uh, there are a few things that he can do, which I think I, I did uh, say earlier, right? I think he should come on this show, he should uh, he should uh, appear uh, more approachable with regards to the opposition as well. I think that will help. That will help. 
uh, I mean, treating the opposition better as well, uh, publicly, uh, and also, you know, just just what you said, right? I think MOE he has a lot of opportunities to engage with young people, and he should make use of every single every single opportunity. I think he he should go to every university dialogue that he can. Every secondary school, every JC, as much as possible, right? Uh, so Haikal said he can stop admin work for teachers, and he probably would increase, get a lot of votes. And I think that's 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 quite true as well. So yeah, so I think uh, it's a good ministry for him. I think it's a good ministry uh, in terms of bolstering his credentials. Okay, I have a question yeah. from uh, sure. Jonghan. Okay. Yes. Um. He said that. Uh, uh, DPM Heng used age as the main reason to step down. Uh, is that to also eliminate Saman from the start since Saman is 64 and Heng Sui Kit is 60? And, and maybe like to zoom out from that, like why why did Heng Sui Kit use his age as a reason to right. step down? So, uh, so I, I don't think it was to eliminate Saman. I don't think that was the intention, although that may have been an effect. Uh, but I think if you think about it, what else could he have said? What else could he have True. said other than True. age? Because he, he said he was in good health, right? So the other thing that he would say is, 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 is health. Uh, but he said he's in good health. So there's no other thing that he could have said. So now, I don't necessarily think that may be what he feels. And if he feels he doesn't want to run, he he shouldn't run. As in, he, he doesn't want to be PM, he shouldn't be PM. But I do think that there's, there are a few problems with that. First, is it's not as if he didn't know his age beforehand. Uh, so it seems quite strange. Secondly, if you are healthy enough, I think you are old or young enough. So health matters more. Some people, they are uh, extremely young, but not healthy. They shouldn't be ministers as well. Uh, some people are extremely old, but they are healthy as well, right? We don't have to look for, right? Joe Biden is not exactly the youngest person. In fact, people were saying there were some issues with his sharpness, which you can see as well uh, because of his age. Uh, but Bernie Sanders is pretty old as well. Donald Trump is pretty old. And closer to home, you have Dr. Mahadi, right? Who is you know, still, still fighting as he <laughs> always has done. Uh, so, I don't think uh, age... Uh, and, you know, it's pretty ageist, especially when we want to encourage uh, healthy aging and mm -hmm. encourage people increasing the retirement age so it doesn't make sense, right? So I personally don't think... But as I said, if you feel that you cannot do the job, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, since you mentioned, um, you know, like other leaders, I just suddenly thought of a question, which is, how do you think or does it... Does the cabinet reshuffle at all affect, um, you know, Singapore's... I guess, global image or like its image towards uh, the rest of the world? Right, okay. So, so that's, a, that's an excellent question. So I think it definitely didn't help the, uh, the, the spanner in the succession planning definitely didn't help with Singapore's public image, uh, international image rather, right? Because Singapore is known for doing this. But I don't think it's a disaster on the international mm -hmm. front. Uh, so I don't think that is ultimately what other countries or investors are interested in. I think they are, as long as Singapore is stable and Singapore remains business-friendly, I think that's all ultimately people are going to be interested in. So yes, it's not, it's not really uh, a problem. Uh, it's, it's not really uh, useful for the PAP and Singapore's image, but it's not a huge problem, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Professor Yan Chong, uh, so one of my mentors, he's, he said, he asked in Malay, he said, when are you going to enter politics? He said, oh, he's no. waiting to vote for me. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the answer is hopefully never. right? Never. So I, never. Yes. Yeah. So if the moment I enter politics, right, then Megan wouldn't want to do this with me already. Right? <laughs> are we like, about it? I don't know him. I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. So I, I don't think I would, uh, I would ever do that. Uh, I, I don't think I'm, I'm, it's not something that I, think I'm going to be particularly good at as well. So. Okay, somebody <laughs> asked, would you agree that the next PM should be someone well-versed in China matters? And I think that is a really important question, you know, considering the like geopolitical tensions between US and China, which are like yeah, I think, growing. I, th I think the next PM should be well-versed in international affairs. And I think I have no doubt that that is what the PAP will do for the next PM. They will train all of them to be uh, to be very well versed in 
uh, in international affairs, not just China affairs specifically, which I think is very important, but also American affairs, right? American domestic politics as well. And of course, you need the civil service, the relevant ministries to be particularly well-versed in those, those issues as well. Yeah. And do you think any, any of the frontrunners have an edge in, in that area? Oh, that's an interesting uh, question. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I know the answer to that question. What I would say is, I think Minister Ong Yekang probably has uh, has an edge in terms of the Chinese worldview. But that's the Chinese educated mm, worldview yeah. in Singapore, right? So I think there's the edge. But uh, what my sense of Minister Chan Chun Singh is, his his worldview of the world is pretty, pretty much similar, in terms of international affairs, pretty much similar to uh, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew's worldviews. In terms of survival, 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 vulnerability, that's the sense that I get, uh, I get from him. So, there was a question, oh, oh so, so Audrey says, yes, you, you need, uh, <laughs> we need me to be on the outside, I completely agree. So, uh, let's look at the other side. Does Pritam have what it takes to become the next PM? Well, uh, that question is, at the moment, right, uh, it's uh, premature right, to ask that question because the WP only has 10 seats. It doesn't make sense to ask that question. But because it's been asked and because it's way past my bedtime, I'm going <laughs> to answer anyway. <laughs> He'll humor you. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think he does. I think, in, okay, in terms of, I don't know how he's going to run a ministry and so on, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been tested in that, that area. In terms of giving calmness in terms, uh, to the nation, in terms of galvanizing people, in terms of showing leadership, I think he won a lot of hearts during the election, especially how he handled Raisa's uh, case. And even, you know, my very first day Tariq session, I asked uh, Professor Yaakob Ibrahim, right, a former PAP minister, does he agree that Pritam was a man of the match of the election? And he pretty much said he has to be fair and give Pritam a lot of credit. So I think even within the PAP, they saw that Pritam, I mean, he got basically universal acclaim, I think. So, but again, uh, how he would do in a ministry, I mean, we don't know because he hasn't been tested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think on that note, we had a question in the previous session asking if sure. the, the PAP could. Um, you know, take any, I guess like, take a leaf out of um, WP's like book when it comes to like handovers. So like, um, like the handover to Pritam, for example. Okay, so, uh, so before that, so there's a comment, uh, Fiakra, uh, by the time <laughs> the WP builds up enough seats for a WPPM, Pritam would have stepped back and Nicosia would take the helm. Nicosia will be Singapore's first woman PM. No problems with that. No <laughs> problems with that. So, so can the PAP take a lift out of uh, WP? Well, don't forget, WP's transition wasn't exactly smooth as well. People forget that just a couple of years ago, there was a leadership contest between Chen Shomao and uh, Lao Tia Kiang. Uh, so there was some, some hints of fissures within, within the WP as well. Uh, so that's the first thing. And second thing is, the WP at the moment is a small enough party. And when you have that, uh, when you have a smaller party, it's much easier to control things. Uh, whereas when you have a larger party, larger machinery, the advantage is, yes, you have the larger machinery, but the disadvantage is now there are more personalities, egos, uh, and so on to manage and handle. Yeah. So it's, I don't think the comparison is exactly fair. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, we have another question from Jong Han who asks, how long will Minister Shamogan, the dragon of the PAP, stay on with the 4G? Will he still play the iron fist, play the role of the iron fist, and who in the 4G can take over that particular role? Okay, so <clears throat> this is a question I have to navigate very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so I think, I think he will still stay on. Uh, I suspect probably as Deputy Prime Minister. Probably, I don't know, but okay, again, no inside information. It's not as if Minister Shan is on my WhatsApp and he told me. <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't tell me. <laughs> so I suspect he will be, I suspect he's gonna, he's gonna stay on. Uh, the question is, can anybody replace him? I think he's a very unique figure in Singapore politics. Uh, so I don't think anybody can replace him and do the job that he does. Uh, the question is, do we need somebody like that moving forward, right? I know a lot of people say uh, Edwin Tong, because, you know, probably he's going to be Minister of Law one day and so on. I don't know. I don't know whether 
he has that that same kind of aura so i think maybe dr janil probably would be more uh would be more suited uh, for for that position but i mean i i don't know how uh how okay in the first place whether we still need that that question presumes that we need that kind of approach in politics moving forward i am not sure about that i'm not sure that moving forward we need the iron fisted approach towards opposition and towards mm-hmm. people in society as well so yeah will when will mr shan come on tay tarik with walid next question <laughs> <laughs> so okay so this is my this is my stance right whoever wants to come on they are welcome as long as i'm confident that they will not say anything libelous during this during the tetari so i doubt any of the pap mps our ministers would would do that right so i doubt any of them would uh, so anytime they want to come on they are welcome Opening anytime right. so i've invited as as many of the 4g ministers as as possible uh none of them have said yes so far so i will try again definitely mm. but if i get an email tomorrow oh can we have the session i say okay <laughs> at your convenience we will have a session yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. i have invited lawrence song i have invited chanjun singh ong yekang masagos and uh a few others uh i haven't gotten a uh, a yes yet uh, but you need to start like a petition constitution's <laughs> always more in singapore right <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so we don't need to start a petition but yeah i think i i i will continue asking yeah i will okay. continue asking um I saw a question that said what are your thoughts about a female PM? And right, okay. I I yeah, I think that's an interesting question right because um identity politics is just becoming like such a hot topic and I I don't know I'm I'm on the fence about it because I don't really feel like a female PM is n- necessary. Like it would be nice or it would be good but I I don't really feel like like there's a need to kind of like polarize it that way. All right. So, uh by the way, people are saying, "Oh, invite Taman I have. I have invited Speaker Tan <laughs> as well." So, the, I know that the names that you think would probably readily come on, I have invited them. It doesn't I I haven't gotten a yes yet. But anyway, so that's a that's an interesting question because the question for a female PM, right? I think at this point in time is a theoretical question. Right? It's a theoretical question because I don't think amongst the female ministers we have one who you would say is probably prime ministerial uh, caliber at the moment among the three ministers i mean i think they are all right i mean minister indrani uh, minister graceful but they are not in the running to be pm i think the for the non chinese prime minister that is not a theoretical question that's actually a, a possibility right because sm taman i would say is head and shoulders above everybody else right uh, so i think the two are not the same questions now so for the 4g maybe that is a theoretical question but i think for the 5g it's no longer a theoretical question because i do see that uh, possibly gan xiaohang can mos gan xiaohang can mm-hmm. be a should, or should be in the conversation at least i yeah. mean i think from my observations pre- pre- preliminary observations of her performance in parliament she's been doing mm-hmm. quite all right uh, mm-hmm. so i think she should be in the conversation for the 5g so uh, not that theoretical questions are not important because theoretical questions they set the basically the the moral agenda of the nation and mm-hmm. you should discuss mm-hmm. them as well but when it when you put meat to the bones then the question becomes even more meaningful i think right but do you think that do you think it's a, a meaningful i guess distinction to have like a female pm versus like a male pm okay so uh i i cannot speak for that i think you are in a better position to speak for that so i'll let you speak uh, uh on that i i will talk uh to the minority a uh, pm right so i think i wouldn't want a minority pm to be there just because he's minority mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so that's not what i mean when i talk about chinese privilege and all you know i don't want to revisit that uh <laughs> for this session right <laughs> i don't want special treatment for the minorities i want equal treatment so i want a minority pm who's good enough to be pm to be pm like taman so i i don't want any buddy just because he or she is minority to be the pm that's not what i want right so uh Uh, for me personally it must be merit based mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now i do think there is an important element the aspirational element because when young yep. girls for instance see uh, see a female prime minister then they would think oh that's the glass ceiling is not there 
and for mm -hmm. minorities as well. So I think there is an aspirational element. So people who think it's important, I I have no problems with that. I can completely mm -hmm. see that. But for me, I I don't think the aspirational element is enough to override the merit uh, element. And the reason why many people, including myself, are upset about Taman is not the reason that give, was given initially wasn't that he's old or he's this and he's that. Is because he's not he's not um, uh, Chinese. And I think that goes against merit, right? So. Uh, so somebody said you do not want a credible candidate to be ruled out just because she's female. O obviously, I completely agree with that. But I don't want pe people to start thinking, oh, so let's say there is, a, there is a gap in the position. So we must have, amongst the contenders, there must be a Malay, there must be an Indian, there must be a female, there must be this. So I think if you're good enough, you shouldn't be prevented. Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of your race, religion, gender, and so on. Yeah. Right. So what, what do you think about about that, the female question especially. I, I think I, I would agree for, the, like, yeah, I would agree, especially um, with regards to, you know, the aspirational element. I don't feel like there are barriers to a female entering politics. And, and we see that, you know, in the, in the PAP, like there are female politicians and the female, and in fact, not even just in PAP, female politicians in general have, like, shown, shown um, their merit, right, in being like, very popular amongst voters like um, Nicosia, for example, <laughs> though yeah. not popular here, enough here. in here, 2020. Here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Throw your shit at Nicosia now. Okay. No, so I, that's I the end Nicosia, of this IG. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Tim Peling, so, you know, Tim Peling has performed so well. As, I agree. Right? So, I completely so, so agree. I, I don't necessarily think that we need um, a female to take up the role of a PM in order for there to be like that aspirational element. Right. Okay, so yeah. I, I, think, I think that's fair. Uh, what I would say is I think for other people, maybe it's, a, it's an important, and I think that's mm. fair as well. Yeah. So Suhairi said merit is very important. That's why the European Super League is a bad idea. I completely agree. <laughs> but the European Super League, that is capitalism at its worst, right? That's why you need regulation against big businesses. But anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked and uh, distracted. Yeah. Okay, Jong, uh, uh, just rewinding back. Why are you just bit... asking questions from Jong Han? Like... <laughs> because the questions are interesting, they're spicy. <laughs> okay. And I welcome questions from anyone on the floor. <laughs> okay, okay, yes. Uh, going back to the discussion on an on, on iron-fisted uh, Minister Shamugam, he says that, yes, we do need someone like that with the growing, like, given that there's growing extremism from all sides. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? But... I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, what, what does he mean when he, he needs some... I mean, we have the laws in place already. So what, what does he mean? So uh, I'm not sure. So I think there's also a tendency to look at strength through this, this macho, uh, loud, uh, high-handed uh, approach, right? Whereas I think there are other ways of showing strength, right? Like Jacinda Ardern, I think, has shown strength through compassion for instance. Uh, so I think we, uh, we, it's, we can reimagine you know, the rules of uh, ministers and how uh, ministers should conduct themselves. Uh, I don't necessarily think that uh, the, the iron-fisted approach is always needed. Uh, or if it's, even if it's needed, I would say it should be the last, last, last resort. Right? Right. Uh, but I think we can agree to disagree on that. <laughs> okay, um, I, I have a, a question that I think would be quite interesting for the viewers. Uh, Sean asks, do you think there would be significant difference or variation in the leadership styles or personal ideological worldview of any of the front runners? I don't think so. I don't think so, which is why sometimes I feel like we are playing this, this guessing game, right? Which is, mm -hmm. which is fun. It's fun. I, I like to partake in this as well, you know. Oh, who's going to be the next Prime Minister and so on. But I'm not sure whether that's the most important question. <clears throat> I, I think, I mean, it's an important question, but it's not the most important. I think I'm interested, more interested in institutions, building institutions which would bring out the best in individual politicians and constrain the worst in that, right? And if you look at the PAP, one of their strengths is that ideological, they have ideological conformity. That's because of the cadre party system, right? Because you're selected to be a cadre. Uh, so if you're going to select, select somebody, you're probably going to select somebody who thinks like you generally, right? Yeah. It's at least on the core ideologies. Uh, so I don't think if a split ever happens in the PAP, so it's nowhere, 
nowhere near on the horizon but if it does happen it wouldn't be on ideological uh, lines i think or it okay it's less likely to be along ideological lines it's more likely to be along personal lines right yeah. okay and um are our female ministers not given adequate opportunities to helm the top 5 ministries uh, well i think there is a case to be made for that yes i think there is a case to be made for that i mean uh, i mean if you think about 50% of the population being female right then roughly you should get but of course i mean uh, there are barriers uh, which are societal barriers or institutional barriers which need to be overcome but i think uh, the fact that you have not had a female minister ever helming one of the five ministries i think that can be corrected and that should be corrected you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah. and uh so speaking about like structure uh like structure of the parties and and you know of our government in general in the future when when 4G holds leadership can we see the prospective pms being open to a national national unity government with other parties okay so national unity government right i mean at the, at the moment what's the point of that when the pap has 83 of the 93 seats right the unity is uh actually the people already has a national unity government right because they have 83 seats already <laughs> so uh so i think given the numbers that we have now those are i i'm not sure whether those are useful questions to discuss yeah because uh, that's so far away i think yeah. mm-hmm. okay then maybe let's not go to the extreme of like a national unity government but um do you think there's a possibility that uh the pap and opposition parties will work closely together and not just on like you know like personal accounts but uh like changes in the structure of of the party like how or like the ideologies of the party right so i think i mean in many cases they do right so i think <clears throat> lao tia kyang was praised before by pm lee for his stances on foreign policy for instance right mm-hmm. so if you are talking about that kind of uh ideological overlap uh i think uh you already see uh, you see that to some extent Uh, but when you say they work together what exactly do you do you mean because ultimately they are political opponents right by definition they are supposed to oppose each other and i think a healthy competition between the two uh two sides actually brings out the best in both of them and is best for Sing- for singaporeans uh, mm-hmm. we shouldn't just want them to be thinking this along the same lines all the time we want yeah. the opposition to be opposing otherwise there's no need to have the opposition right so we mm-hmm. mustn't also while we mu- we must be careful of polarization we mustn't also exaggerate the importance of unity yeah right okay and what kind of ideological biases do you think the pap should overcome uh okay so uh what i would say is uh if you compare ge 2011 is a long-winded way of answering the question okay so ge 2011 uh the pap suffered a a drop in votes because it was a rejection of policy in ge 2020 it was a rejection of politics remember how the, the ge uh, campaigning essentially started uh, how how it started is the attack on alfian saad which i think a lot of people would say was uncalled for including myself and then you have the raisa han incident as well so i think that is something that can and should be changed with regards to the pap uh, uh with uh, regard to uh, to the to the opposition i think how the pap deals with the opposition broadly not just opposition mm-hmm, parties mm-hmm. but opposing voices in society as well i think that's one ideological change that can happen so somebody asked do you not see a difference between uh, i think brian asked ong yeka and chan chun sing different in ideology well not not really not fundamentally i think obviously they are different human beings they have different ideas about certain things but i think fundamentally i don't see uh, a huge difference uh, mm-hmm. between between them yeah and and like yeah. you said that that is very much to do with like the carter party system that absolutely. is in place right? absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay and so, so has the pap lost east coast yes that was another question uh well it depends on whether according to you oh not according to you according to one of the question whether the next prime minister of singapore nicolsia uh <laughs> contest no 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 okay so there are many many things right here because Four years is a long time from now, so we need to know who's the opposition. Who are the opposition figures contesting in East Coast? Who will be the new anchor minister in East Coast? That matters as well, right? So obviously, I cannot answer that question now. But definitely, if I were an East Coast voter who 
who chose the PAP because of DPM Hing, <laughs> I think I think I would be a little upset at the very least. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you think such a PAP ideological change, like what you mentioned just now, is more likely to happen in the future? Uh, I think they have no choice. Agreed. I think they have to change. Now, that doesn't mean they will, but I think they have to. And I think, as I said, when Minister Shan said uh, they need to do some soul-searching, I mean, they understand. They understand that, right? They understand that they have no choice. They have to they have to change. Uh, so, there is a question of Vivid Sparkle, and I want to ask you, Megan, why do you stand Nicosia? <laughs> you said you love her, right? So, why do you stand her? Uh, I mean, I think she's very articulate. Like, to me, that is, like, the the quality of hers that, that draws me most to her, right? When she speaks, I, I want to listen. And, and, and the ideas that she articulates um, uh, are ones that I agree with. And of course, I mean, I, I, I do like what the, the WP um, has been championing, like in, in the general elections. So like, um, and amongst the WP, I would say that she's like one of the stronger candidates. All right, so I, I almost feel, I, I mean, I agree with you. I almost feel insulted by, by this comment uh, by Iggy Pereira. <laughs> Lim Tien is articulate. Putting Lim Tien and Nicole in the same, same oh sentence. <laughs> but okay, we shall agree to disagree on that, Iggy Pereira. So uh, I, well, I personally, because Nicole is actually around my age, so she's around 27, okay? Uh, 20% discount. Uh, <laughs> so she's around my age and she actually was younger than me. She was younger. Uh, she is not was. Well, she is younger than me, uh, but around the same age. And when she uh, rose to prominence in 2011, I said, "Oh my God, that's somebody my age, who's basically taking on the uh, previous prime minister, the former prime minister of Singapore, and being so articulate at such a young age." So it was. I think many people my generation. Uh, see that in her as well uh so uh, what what i i see so yeah i mean i'm a i'm a huge fan of her and i've made it i've made it quite known but again as i said we shouldn't stand politicians <laughs> yeah right. and i see yeah. a lot of a lot of um disagreement that you are around the same age as nicosia <laughs> things to no know. i am I am. You cannot. You cannot get away with some lies prof <laughs> no 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 she uh, we are around the same she's one year younger than i am Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even lying. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. We yeah. need to see she the was, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was the darling of a GE 2011, uh, Haikal said, and that, uh, that's absolutely true. So, and she also rose to prominence, right? Uh, partly in opposition to Tin Peiling, who at that mm, time her public yeah. image was terrible. And, and hearing perhaps it's a lesson uh, for us who, who are analyzing uh, Minister Chan Chun Singh as well, I think. Uh, I think Tin Peiling has sort of recovered from that image mm. spectacularly. So yes. I think it's not impossible to do that. It's not mm. impossible to do that. Yeah. yeah. I think personally for me, like um, with Nicosia, there is like an aspirational element there, like for sure. Like to see um, a, a woman in politics who is like so well received, right? I mean, because right. like for me, the direct comparison would be exactly that, like Tin Peiling. And right, like right. she didn't exactly have like the best like breaks breakthrough, you know. Right, okay. <laughs> so, Megan, I think you love this comment, or I don't know. So, uh, Megan suddenly looks a bit like Nicole's here. Oh, <laughs> my God! <laughs> okay, and Sav said, uh, Ramadan cannot lie. Okay, so, yeah, I'm not lying. Nicole is one year younger than me. The 27 part, that's not that's not a lie. That's stretching the truth. Okay, so, <laughs> depends that if you minus holidays. True. If you... <laughs> Exactly. If you minus holidays, public holidays, yeah. So, so and weekends. So I think I am about twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay. On the topic of <laughs> of opposition, I actually have a question from Jong that I am personally uh, again, interested in as again well. from so Jong Han. Asking it, so might as well we bring him into well. this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's What's the question? What's the question? Okay. The question is on the performance of the new opposition MPs like uh, Jamus, and uh, I don't want to butcher her name even though I've heard it so many times Raisa yes Raisa yes yeah, have yeah. they lived up to the hype and expectations and I, I uh, think this is an ex- <clears throat> um, it is especially uh, prevalent for Jameis because of recent happenings yeah I, I, 
I think uh, so what, what what do you mean recent happenings? Uh I mean I I I read a lot of um of criticisms about about what he has been saying in, in parliament you know with with regards to like ideas of like equality right and um you know like changing the laws right so I think I think he's uh from my observ- from my observations he's doing pretty all right I think James has been active in parliament and I always I always see you know the more the pap uh the more the number of pap mps who rise to uh, oppose you uh the better job you are doing as a as an opposition mp so i think james is uh is probably doing well on that front i mean, i have some probably some quibbles with uh dr james lim uh i'll save that for when he comes on <laughs> i have some <laughs> some questions to ask of him but i'll i'll uh save that for when he comes on so now so i would say for raisa it's a different matter i think uh, for raisa uh, i mean i was one of those who hashtag i stand i stand with raisa as well uh, <laughs> she's she's pretty much she's a very very young mp right and there's a lot of things that were going on for her uh, especially during the elections i think uh, if whatever happened to happen to me while i was pregnant you know i would just crumble and never see anybody ever again in my life so i think she's such a such a strong personality right so my assessment again this is not based on any inside information right but just through observation it seems that the workers party is very careful in uh handling her appearances her public appearances uh and i think it's for the better as well at this point i'm sure you know at 26 27 she's raring to go and she has a lot to say i'm sure she wants to defend herself in public <laughs> and stuff i think uh i think the the party is probably managing her appearances uh pretty well so maybe we have not seen the best of her but i i have no doubt that she will grow as an mp uh, as as most young people young mps do eventually i mean at at 32 you will be wiser and smarter than when you were at 27 right otherwise mm-hmm. you would have wasted the five five years of your life right yeah, yeah. Uh, that that should happen right uh, so yeah i think i think she will uh, she will definitely develop more over the years yeah uh, it's still okay. too early to judge her performances i think and i have i have two related questions uh, one is regarding the criticism that james is an ivory tower analyst that one i've seen so much of yeah and and then um what do you think of james's proposal on minimum wage right so uh <clears throat> i am i am uh for minimum wage although i think uh the the rebuttals by sm tamen did make sense as well mm-hmm. i think it's an ongoing debate i think the fact that the deep, you know one of the things that the workers party uh, has gotten the pap to say is that we agree on the principle and for me that's already a huge step yep. it's a huge step and it's only when you push uh, in a particular direction you, when you push it further right then you sort of force people to go to the middle a little bit right so i think in a sense that they have been pretty successful for that but i think this is an this is a policy debate on minimum wage you know you can refer to the episode i had with leon and i think he made a strong case for it but i can completely see uh why people would think that minimum wage is not uh is not ideal i can completely completely see the arguments for that as well the arguments about him being an ivory tower uh i mean that's that's an easy criticism uh, to make i usually don't don't pay too much attention to that although what i would say is uh he has to be careful i think uh in not appearing too elitist uh whether he is is a different matter but i think he has to be careful to not uh, give out that perception uh, get, mm-hmm. uh and uh he shouldn't come across as that so that's what i would say with regard uh, to to james yeah i'll save more for when he agrees to come on <laughs> have you approached him i have uh and he he's open to it i i think after this i need to push push him a little bit further Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh let's see. We have a question. Uh yeah. take the who... more fun ones, Megan. The more fun ones. Okay, you guys got to send some like okay. spicy questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh 
Speaking of WP, who do you think will take over Sylvia Lim as party chair? Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know uh, uh, the ins and outs of uh, the WP. But what I do know is uh, JJ Yi Jenjong. Uh, he mentioned in his book that the the two candidates that they were thinking of, the party was thinking of to replace Lao Takyang was Pritam Singh, were Pritam Singh and Leon Pereira. Ah, oh, uh, okay, okay. And the other one was Gerald Giam. So I think we should be looking at these three. These three, uh, I mean, after, you know, Leon and I think Gerald, I think they have a long runway also. Uh, so, and of course, and I, I really I really mean this. I think Nicole as well. Uh, so we should be looking at I really mean that. I really mean that. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, we can we can look at that. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I think questions are kind of slowing down, which is um, yeah. which is appropriate yeah, anyway. because we are yes, about to end 1 as well. Yes, it's one a.m. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's one a.m. So, any 5G PAP MPs to look out for? Well, I would say Gan Xiao Huang is one that I have been quite impressed with. Not that I, you know, I have. Oh, oh! It's, she's from the military, and therefore it means no. I said I, I really have no, I mean, no attraction towards military personnel, right? It's just from her performances in, uh, in parliament. I think she's, she seems pretty good. So I think she is somebody that, uh, we should look out for. So what about you, Megan? Which, which new PAP MP or all opposition MP one each that, who, who have or has impressed you? Impressed me. Yes. Uh, hmm, okay. Um, I think for WP, it has kind of like remained the same. For me, it's still Nicole Sia. I kind of thought that I would have been more impressed. Oh, so candidate, um, right, okay. You would have been more impressed by? By Jameis. Okay. Because so he performed you're... so well in the elections. Oh, but, but you I, haven't I... been too impressed mm, by him. Yeah, I mean, I... I like the things that he talks about, but I don't know if it's just because, like, I personally agree with it, or, you know, or it's more, like, yeah, like, yeah basically, that I align more with him, and um, I, I do feel that he is kind of missing the mark on being, how do I put it, maybe, a, like, accessible, like, to um, Singaporeans who might not agree with, uh, like, policies such as, like, minimum wage. Right, because as as much as like his role is definitely about about bringing these issues to the table, and these issues are things that are not easy to talk about because um it is not something that the PAP has been talking about, right? But I I think there's something to be said for the fact that there are so there is so much criticism um uh surrounding what what he's sharing in in Parliament. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think uh there will be you know if you are in the opposition there will be a lot of criticisms anyway, and I I, I don't think. I think that should be the case anyway, you know. I don't think anybody, any parliamentarian government or opposition should be free uh, from criticism, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I think there was one <clears throat> uh, question, you know, if, uh, what about the PSP's performance? Who's the one who's asking this? Uh, the IF 55. So uh, PSP performance in parliament, good or bad? Mm. I would say it hasn't been too impressive. That's what I would say. Uh, so I think, I definitely think that they can utilize the, the seats uh, far more than they are mm -hmm. doing now. Uh, so in that, uh, in the same vein, is the PSP being too much of a personalist party? Well, I think so. I think so. I think uh, uh, if Tan Cheng Bok retires, then they are, in, they are in a lot of trouble at the moment as things stand. I think there is definitely uh, a lot of uh, they are in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. and can you speak to the leadership shakeup of the PSP? Is Tan Cheng Bok not Secretary General? Because Johan he's... again, you're taking a question from Johan. Again. <laughs> I didn't say the name, but you called me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, possibly he's gearing for a presidential run, assuming he can run. I think if he can run, he will run. Um. The leadership shakeup. Even if he doesn't run as uh, president, he needs there needs to be a leadership change in the party. I think they need to move beyond uh, beyond Dr. Tan. So yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. We still have about 120 people live after two hours at 1 a.m. People yeah, are trying to get God. woke here. <laughs> 
I think I should have just more sessions with you, you know. But I, 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 I was thinking of having uh more sessions with, you know, the people I mentioned at the top, you know, Joel for instance, yep, yep. Uh, Audrey, uh, or Angie, and you know, the weird and wild. Yeah, I think uh I think we can. I, I will have more sessions. Hopefully, if they are agreeable, I'll definitely ask, uh, ask them more. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. uh, I'm actually suddenly getting like a lot of questions about Chan Chun Singh's new appointment. Oh, oh I didn't see. Yeah, so, I mean, I, uh, I cannot see them. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll summarize them. Some of them. Okay, sure. So um, one of it is uh, how do you think an average student will be affected by Chan Chun Singh's new appointment? What policy changes do you think he may make? And um, do you see greater academic freedom with Chan Chun Singh at MOE? Yeah. So I think. Uh, firstly, I—I I mean, I don't know. The first question, I don't know. What are the policy changes that he's? But you know, one thing that we can sort of ex- expect, right? If you are—you are in the running to be prime minister, uh, and you wanna—you need to have a, a tick on your on your list, right? And uh, you probably would want something big, right? Like what what Ong Yekang did, right? Uh, the streaming, removing streaming. That, that was pretty big. It's pretty big. Uh, so I think uh, you can expect something. What, what, what is it? I don't know. No, mm-hmm. So the academic freedom, I don't think it's just down to Minister Chan Chun Singh. I think it's down to the party as a whole and what is the approach. And I think, don't forget the 3G is still in charge uh, at this point in time, uh, mm-hmm. as we discussed in the, uh, uh, in the earlier uh, session. Yeah, so I don't think we should just be looking at individuals uh, and ignoring systems. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. How... More flag raising in schools. Oh, people <laughs> are really unkind to <laughs> Minister Chan Chun Singh. <laughs> or maybe they're just trolling me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to spice up the chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, on Tan Cheng Bok, how... How receptive do you think people will be of his presidential run? And would people think that he's, you know, kind of like just going all over the place and putting his eggs I, in every basket? I think, I think I've underestimated uh, Tan Cheng Bok once. I won't do it again. I think people will be pretty receptive. Don't forget, he almost took out two ministers, you know. Uh, Minister Iswara and Minister Desmond Lee. So he almost took out uh, two ministers. And honestly, people don't even know who, at that point in time, I think many of them still do not know who were his running mates, right? Mm-hmm, other than mm-hmm. Hazel and uh, Manwai. Uh, now they know because he's, uh, they are NCMPs. But it was all about Tan Cheng Bok. So right. uh, if he gets to run, I think he would be an extremely formidable force. Mm, okay. Yeah. Let's see. So, okay, Megan, maybe i ask you a question, right? Oh, since we okay. have, since we have uh, only about 10 minutes, right? So what okay. do you think? Uh, Megan, what do you think is the number one issue for people your age? Uh, what is the number one political issue? Or, or two or three political issues? Wow. You are like, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> yes, because you said I was hypocritical. I don't forget that. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have grown him so hard. I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, that was a fair question. Don't worry. <laughs> Let me think. What, what is it that you guys always talk about, right? What do we talk about? I, mean... I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> TikTok policies. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, somebody said climate change. Well, I do feel like that is an important um, aspect to think about. I don't think it has kind of like been in the... F- like, I don't think it will become like a front-runner issue. Uh, some, somebody said housing prices, I think that is super relevant. Um, or housing housing policies in general, I think because like especially people of my age, I'm I'm 22, and a lot of oh, people so we are like about the same age basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, trying to to look at um like BTO resale flats things like that. So so definitely housing prices. Um, I, I would the first thing that popped into my mind was obviously inequality. Right and okay. and right. I mean uh, Tio Yo Yen's book on on. This, this is what inequality looks like. That sparked so much debate. And, and I think more than ever, there has been um, a lot of conversations about inequality. I, I guess for me personally, what I would be looking at in terms of the discussion about inequality is, is how, that will, um, how, how that will translate into policies. 
because it seems like every I I feel like everybody is um like they will say like oh yes I'm for right. uh, more equality right, right. but then when it right, actually right. comes to you know growing up and then um having to bear the burden of, right. of you know evening out the inequality that's a different story right like right. I mean many right. people say like when you grow older you become like more conservative and there is a reason why right, right? because then exactly. you end up being the one like uh paying like the taxes exactly and, and you are the one who kind of evens out that that playing field. Right, so so right. for me, that would be what one of the the key things that I would be looking at. Right. Okay. So yeah, I think inequality probably is one of uh, the most important issues, if not the most important issue. I think climate change is, is an important issue. I think is the existential issue of our generation. No, mm-hmm. no generations. Okay, our generation. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure whether politically it will be. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh an issue because mm-hmm. you know. A lot of people, you know, they pay performative gestures and they, or they uh, yep, yep. performative lip service to uh, climate change. But anyway, so uh, inequality definitely, and I think you know, I said we shouldn't stand uh, politicians, but we definitely should stand to Yo Yen. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I'm a huge fan. Trying to get her to do this as well, just uh, just her uh, alone to talk about inequality. But yeah, so hopefully that works. Yeah, so well, I, I think mean, we can take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I was going to ask, like, for for your opinion on on how inequality or how how these discussions of inequality will eventually translate into policy. I think uh, one of the things that I'm pretty confident of that the four G will move left economically. Mm, okay. Maybe not as much as a lot of people on the left would like, but I think mm-hmm. they they will move left. Okay. Uh, economically, on on economic issues, not on political issues, is a different matter. Mm-hmm, but I think mm-hmm. on on economics, and I think uh, Professor Tio can take a lot of credit for that in terms right. of putting okay. inequality on the table uh, and as part of the political discourse. Right? I think but everybody think, talks about inequality now. Yeah. Do you think that will be well received though? Because I think a lot of uh, people my age, um, like. Uh, don't realize the repercussions of of what those policies will mean for them. Yeah, I think uh, maybe maybe you're right. Uh, but uh, if your generation is really indeed the golden generation, right? As as a lot of you say you are, then I think you you should put your money where your mouth is, right? And if we think we think mm-hmm. that. Uh, if it matters, if inequality matters, then are we willing to pay higher taxes, for instance, as one of the one of the solutions, right? It's not right. the only solution, but it's mm-hmm. one of the solutions, right? So, uh, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think actually, I think there's there's hope on that. There's hope on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think some, something that that is uh, worth noting as well is uh, something that Zhang Han mentioned, which is. Democratic accountability. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you need to have him as a guest. My though. God. <laughs> no, but I think, I think yeah. it really is true, right? Democratic accountability is 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 super important for our generation, and and I think you can see that like in in the G twenty twenty even, yeah. right? Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think, or. Uh, Maybe democratic accountability, right? Maybe maybe an airy fairy term for a lot of people, right? Um, I would say it's not. Uh, maybe we we say perceptions of fairness. I think it's mm, it's extremely okay. important, yeah. right? Uh, which is basically another way of saying democratic accountability. One of the measures of democratic yeah, accountability, yeah. at least. Yeah. So I think uh, all of those would uh, increasingly matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think this would um, affect electoral processes in the years to come? Well, I think okay. So there are a few things that will. Uh, that will like uh, uh, affect electoral processes. For instance, I'm not sure what the threshold for uh, redrawing boundaries uh, would be like in the future. Mm-hmm. Probably there will be a lower threshold for that, mm-hmm. and there needs to be more justifications uh, when the boundaries are redrawn. Right? I think uh, we need to uh, we need to think about that. We need to think about the electoral tactics for sure. Yeah. I think that that's one. I think the GRC size, but I think mm-hmm. uh, that probably will change as well. But I don't think it's because necessarily because yeah. of the perceptions of people or the receptiveness of people. I think that is actually 
because the GRC is no longer as secure as it was mm. in the past, right? And also mm. when you lose one, you lose five, right? right? So just as if you have a Taman, you can win five, regardless of who is the other four, who are the mm -hmm. other four. If you have an Ecosia on the other side, you probably can lose five, regardless yeah. of who are the other four. So it can go both ways, right? Mm, true, so I true. think we, can, we will actually see more uh, uh, a movement towards a reduction in GRC side. Sizes. Okay, if nothing else, it's for the preservation of the PAP. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I yeah. and I think it's a it's it would be a positive step. Okay. Uh, I think I I let's wrap up with like two more questions, like a quick okay. answer and the sure. yeah, okay. spicy questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first spicy question is on East Coast with DTM Hing stepping aside as the next PM. Will it be a real toss up to the next GE? And what do you think will be the PAP strategy to retain East Coast? I think the, the, the only strategy that they have, if they are serious to, uh, about retaining East Coast, and I think they will be serious about retaining East Coast, I think the strategy is to send a heavyweight minister there. Mm. Like someone who really, really is a heavyweight minister. Uh, so, uh, and depending on who they send and de depending on who the workers pick, because I don't know, if they do decide to send a heavyweight minister there, do, does the workers' party want to retain Nicosia there? Do they want to keep Nicosia there? Because if right. Nicosia yeah. was in most of the other constituencies, she would be an MP right now. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so there are decisions to be made on, on both sides. So I think depending on the teams, then we'll, we'll really know uh, how close that is. But don't forget, East Coast also traditionally uh, is, uh, has, the Workers' Party has had a strong footing there. Uh, uh, footing uh, in East Coast and you know yeah. the Workers Party does a lot of groundwork in East Coast in between mm -hmm. elections uh, and I used to live in East Coast so I know this I, I used to see Jail Gem a lot uh, walking around uh, even in non-election non season yeah. Okay uh, I have one last question which I think is actually quite, sure. quite an important question uh, which is um, will you see more action taken on civil society actors and let's kind of like uh Put that into context of you know like things like POFMA, which which you know sparked a lot of debate, and and since it's um since it has been instituted, um a lot of people have been criticizing the the government for you know um using POFMA like way too much. Right. Okay. So uh, I mean, we can do an entire lecture on civil society, right? In Singapore. <laughs> so we must not think of civil society as a monolith as well. So mm -hmm. there are some actors and some kinds of causes which the government is more than happy to work with yep. and work uh, the, the actors and the causes and the government is more than happy to co-opt certain causes as well, right? Uh, as long as they are non-threatening to the fundamental ideologies, right? Uh, so with regards to the traditional uh, sets of civil society actors which have been at the end of some harsh actions from the government, I honestly don't know which way it would go, uh, but mm. I do hope I do hope that we will not see more action against them uh, because there's also we need to be i mean especially people in civil society need to be careful of this good activist back activist dichotomy right yeah. uh, where you prop up certain activists as good activists to be followed and emulated yeah. and other groups and this is these are kind of bad activists that we must not uh, we must not uh, try to i mean these are the sort of people who would cause devastation to the to our social fabric right so we must be we must be uh, careful about that. So Gary says Isco still has Minister Maliki. Yeah, I mean, but he, I wouldn't say he's a heavyweight minister. Uh, I think he's definitely, I think he was, other than DPM Heng, he was definitely the strongest person in East Coast. Uh, but I think they still need to replace DPM Heng with somebody else. Right? So I don't mm. think he can carry that by himself, uh, even though he's a pretty strong candidate. Yeah. So, uh, Megan, maybe yes. I have a question for you, final one. Okay, okay. so before, before I ask you anything else uh, you want to say, right? So, I, would say, I, want, I wanted to ask you, right, over the past uh, three years, right, has, mm. has your views, have your views shifted on any major issue or, or, or if, there, if there's none, there's none, right? Right. Um, I would say that actually I have... I feel like I, I have become a little bit more... Hmm. Okay, I, I was going to say conservative. I don't think that's a word. Maybe maybe I would say that I give more weight to conservative arguments. 
right so um i i whereas previously it, what you dismissed them entirely or no i didn't dismiss them entirely but i felt like uh i didn't agree with them at all and i didn't really see any um like weight in it right so i i Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I I came from from an art school, right? So it was, it was like a very liberal background, and and um, Sota, you know, we, right? Yes, Sota. I I came from Sota, so it was really very 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 liberal, and and um, whenever we did like theater, a lot of theater in Singapore tends to be more liberal, right? So right. I guess that was the bulk of my exposure. So I think in the last three years, um. Getting to know like politics like in Singapore and beyond Singapore has um allowed me to really like consider um like arguments that are um more towards the right. And okay. and I see the logic right and and right. I guess like I would say that has made me like a more um empathetic person as well. Like to be able to to see like why, for example, some people vote for like Trump, right? right. And, and to not like. And to not accept because honestly, it's like even when I was in Sota, like we would always say like, oh okay, like uh, avoid like echo chamber. Um, right, right. Not everything on the news is real, but you don't really um understand the ex- yeah, right. you don't really understand the right. extent of it until you are made to take a step out. Right. Right. And right, and right, I think right. that is what my education in in PPGA has left me with. Oh wow, and uh, good plug for PPGA as well. Yes, that's and right. That's, that's a very that's those are very wise words for a twenty twenty two. Twenty-three year old. Twenty-two, twenty-two. Twenty, twenty-two year old. Okay, so Megan, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for doing this and yes, accepting my invitation <laughs> just on the day itself. Uh, so we should do more of this. Yes. Right. And okay, so I'll see you soon. I'm sure. Okay. And yes, thank you everyone for staying. The hundred and fourteen who are still here at one twenty a.m. So this has been a blast. Okay. Bye-bye, bye bye. Bye. Thank you.